This is The Guardian. Today, the mystery of the Crooked House fire. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's the wonkiest pub. It's the black country leaning tower of Pisa. It's, it's just got this emotional attachment. And I think not only that, it, it encapsulates us as a community, as an area, as, as the black country. For a lot of people living in the black country in the West Midlands, the Crooked House was iconic. Probably not a pub you'd go to every week, but somewhere you'd probably show people if they were visiting from out of town. It was nearly 200 years old, and it was charming and snug like lots of old pubs. It had wood-panelled walls and bric-a-brac up on the shelves. And it had its own curiosity. So the pub is at the bottom of a sort of winding country lane just next to the village of Himley in Staffordshire. It's sort of famously known as the wonkiest pub in Britain. This is Jessica Murray, who's the Guardian's Midlands correspondent. It's in the black country, um, famously known for its its coal mining. And because of that sort of mining subsidence in the area, um, the, the pub had sort of sank down on one side. So it was just completely lopsided. The publicans who ran it over the years tended to embrace its novelty value, playing tricks on their customers. You'd be handed a marble and if you rolled it along the bar, it would look like it was rolling uphill because of the sort of weird angles of the building. Or, you know, bottles on tables would look like they were rolling up the table rather than down the table. I mean, you get used to it after a bit, but you walk in and you instantly feel drunk because you are just, you're not upright. Or you are upright, but the building's not upright. It's the kind of place where even if you'd never personally gone yourself, you knew about it. You know, I think it had almost entered the the local dialect. If you were putting up a a shelf and it was, you know, a bit wonky, you'd say, oh, you know, it's as straight as the crooked house kind of thing. And I think it was just, yeah, it was such a huge part of the the fabric of, of life there. One Saturday night earlier this month, a fire ripped through the crooked house. The next morning, when people in the neighbourhood woke up to the news, they started to speculate furiously. The pub had been sold just nine days before. Could the fire have been deliberate? They didn't have much time to gossip. That Monday, a video was posted online showing a bulldozer going in, knocking down the last remnants of the crooked house and leaving it a pile of bricks. Everything's gone flat. It's not even been taken down properly either. It's just been ripped to shreds and to left. 
I was devastated. I mean, I was I, I saw the pictures light at work on Saturday night of it on fire, and that really, really good to me because I just thought it was the, the fire was ravaging. You could see that, and I thought there's not going to be much left inside. Everything's old, so it burns quicker. And then once I saw the demolition, I was just I was heartbroken. Cause I thought there's no way they can, you know, bring that back from the ashes now. Just the way it was demolished was awful. Just I can't understand it. I just can't understand it. Everybody's so so angry, really angry. A lot of us feel nostalgic for the pubs we went to when we were younger in our hometowns, even if we don't go to them anymore. And that's one reason the mystery of what happened to the Crooked House has spread nationwide. Another is this sneaking suspicion that pubs across the country are under attack. I think us as British people need to stand up, take a stand. It ain't just about the black country, it's about everyone in England, just to save what we've got. From The Guardian, I'm Hannah Moore. Today in Focus, why should we care about losing Britain's wonkiest pub? Jess, the story of the Crooked House might sound a bit parochial on the surface, but people are so interested in this. Articles about it have been at the top of our most read on the Guardian website um, for over a week now. What do we know so far about the fire? Yes, we know that uh, the fire service were called to the pub about half 10 on Saturday, the 5th of August. And we know that they weren't actually able to get their fire engines right up to the building because there was these huge mounds of earth that were blocking the lane that leads down to the pub. So they had to sort of keep their fire engines, you know, behind that earth and they had to use extra long hoses and a high pressure pump to kind of get to it. They managed to extinguish the fire, but um, by the time they'd done that, the the building was, was pretty much a shell. It was just the outside walls that were standing. It was completely destroyed on the inside. So obviously on Sunday, there was already kind of widespread upset and anger over this fire. Staffordshire police are investigating this as a possible arson. We don't know what evidence they're looking at, but there have been rumours in the local community and obviously online as well about the circumstances leading up to this fire. What kinds of things are people saying? So I think one of the things that has triggered a lot of suspicions is, you know, this happened just nine days after it was sold to a new owner. And these huge mounds of earth that were blocking the road, I think that has aroused a lot of suspicion as well as to why that was potentially there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, as you say, we don't know what evidence the police are looking at. They've said that their fire investigation has been unable to determine the cause of the fire at this stage. We know that they've had sniffer dogs on the scene looking for accelerants. They've said that they're checking CCTV footage, obviously conducting inquiries and interviews and that kind of thing. Um, But I think there is just a lot of suspicion as to sort of how quickly, you know, this fire took hold after it was sold to a new owner. So the fire happened and then two days later, the pub was demolished. Do we know anything about the circumstances around that? Yeah, so I think this is when anger really sort of reached a fever pitch because... 
you know, the police were putting out statements saying that they were investigating the cause of the fire. They were going to look at all the evidence and people were feeling sort of reassured that, you know, they were going to do their job, find out what had happened and maybe the pub could be rebuilt. But then as this was happening, you know, videos started surfacing online showing diggers on site. And, you know, the next thing, you know, the pub is is gone. It's demolished. It's it's in a sort of heap of rubble. We now know the excavator, which was brought onto site to demolish the building, was actually delivered about a week before the fire. But for what purpose it was brought on site, we don't know. And I think there was a lot of concern about whether the police should have intervened. You know, they had cordoned off the area. They had told people not to go to the pub because the structure was unsafe. But then while they were saying this, you know, the, the diggers were on site knocking everything down. So that I think there has been um, a lot of anger about that and a lot of questions. The police have had to release a statement essentially saying that, you know, they were not in a position to intervene at that point. You know, once the pub is back in the hands of the owners, then it's kind of up to them. Did the owners have planning permission to demolish it? Staffordshire Council have confirmed that they spoke to the owners after the fire, but before the demolition, and that they agreed that some parts of the building did need to be knocked down because it was structurally unsafe. So, you know, a couple of parts of some walls did need to be knocked down. But they have clarified that they did not agree to a full demolition of the building and that they are looking into to planning breaches as a result of that. Point, please, landlord. Yes, sir. Do other people ask you... What I want to ask you? Well, a lot of people are surprised when they come into this place for the first time. The Crooked House had clearly been something of an icon locally for years and years. I was watching this clip from a BBC show from the early 60s where the reporter is sent to investigate this mysterious leaning pub. I feel giddy here. He said, do you feel giddy? No, never. I don't feel giddy in here. How old is work down here? Weren't you giddy when you came in here for the first time? At first, yeah. How long did it take you to get over? Oh, about a week, like. So you might imagine it had a protected status. Was it a listed building? No, it wasn't listed. I think that initially there was a lot of confusion over that and a lot of people assumed that it was, but um, it has since been confirmed that it it wasn't listed at all. And and a lot of people are obviously quite upset and angry about this, you know, thinking that it was or or that it should have been. It does seem to have been a massive oversight that that it wasn't listed. How popular was it? Was it more of a, a tourist attraction or was it a place that people would go regularly? A lot of the people I spoke to um, said that it wasn't somewhere that they went regularly, that it was, you know, somewhere that you would take visitors as a more of a tourist destination. And you didn't come to the Crooked House every week. It's not the sort of place you'd go. The novelty would wear off. It's like people who live by the sea don't go to the beach every day. But if you've got somebody coming to visit you from another part of the country, you'd take them to see it and, you, you know, you'd be proud of it. So I have heard reports that um, in, in sort of recent months, it has been a lot quieter. It's maybe not as thriving as it once was. But a lot of people said to me they felt like with the right owners and the right kind of investment into it, it, it could have become a, a thriving pub once again. It's not like your usual pub. A pub is a pub. And I know they're hearts of communities, but this was such a special building and had such a special pub that maybe other pubs don't have that I think somebody could have really turned it around and made it what it once was. I know the struggles have been hard, especially since the COVID pandemic, but people will come and spend money in a pub like this because it's not just a visit to the pub. It's almost like a day out to go and see the wonky pub. So it was different in that way. What kind of shape was the pub in before the fire? 
as far as I'm aware, it was, you know, a perfectly fine functioning pub. It was, you know, it was still open for business. There was a, a band booked for the night that the fire took place. So yeah, it was, it was, it was perfectly fine. owns the Crooked House? So the new owners are um, a property company called ATE Farms. And this is a company run by a woman called Carly Taylor. Um, She's a director of multiple companies. And she's married to a man called Adam Taylor, who is a shareholder and previous director of uh, Himley Environmental Limited, which is a company which runs the quarry and landfill site next door to the pub. And they've been approached for comments since uh, this story broke and they haven't issued any statements or any comments. The the previous landlord of the pub posted on Facebook to say that it had been sold and that the new owners wanted it for an alternative use. Mm. We have absolutely no idea whether they, they wanted to keep it as a pub, whether they planned to knock it down or redevelop it in some way. Um, yeah, at this stage, we just don't know. Suppose that they had wanted to turn it from a pub into something else, would they have been legally allowed to do that? So there were some new planning restrictions that came in in 2017, which said essentially that you can't turn a pub into something else without getting planning permission for that. So if you want to turn a pub into a shop or something, you need planning permission. It's interesting, isn't it, that they haven't put out any statements or done any interviews since this has happened? Yes, I mean, maybe understandably, they are, um, you know, getting a, a tough time from the locals and in the press. Maybe it's for them sort of legally, they, they don't want to say anything. Uh, maybe the police have advised them not to speak while the investigation is, is still going ahead. At this stage, I think everyone is a bit in the dark. There is so much mystery around this story, isn't there? And you know, people across the world are totally captured by it. The New York Times has even written a piece about it. Why do you think it's so interesting to people? I think at the start, it was almost like a whodunit. You know, there was even that sort of fascinating detail about the bands that were booked to perform at the pub on that Saturday that the fire um, took hold. Obviously, this was before the building had been sold and that the band were called Gasoline and Matches. And, you know, people sort of (laughs) latched onto that as, you know, what a coincidence. It was that kind of weird, wonderful nature of the story that I think really took hold. And I think a lot of people looked at the Crooked House and and saw something of what's happened in their local area. Obviously, the people who live nearby are absolutely heartbroken because it's it's so close to them and it's something that means so much to them. But I think even if you've never heard of it before, you've never been to it before, you can appreciate how much of a loss it is that this this building, which is so old, has so much history, you know, dating back to the 1700s, has just kind of been demolished and, and, and it's just disappeared so quickly. And I think everyone can really feel and appreciate that loss. I was devastated. I mean, I was I, I saw the pictures light at work on Saturday night of it on fire. And that really, really got to me because I just thought it was, the, the fire was ravaging. You could see that. And I thought there's not going to be much left inside. Everything's old, so it burns quicker. And then once I saw the demolition, I was just, I was heartbroken. I thought there's no way they can, you know, bring that back from the ashes now. Just the way it was demolished was awful. Just as we said, we don't know yet what happened to the crooked house because the police are still investigating. It could have been an accident. But people are suspicious because there are other pubs that have been bought by developers and left to ruin and then knocked down. 
how frequently does that seem to be happening across the country? I think this is quite common. I think there's a sense that developers buy up pubs and and even if they don't demolish it just off the bat, they might let it fall into disrepair. They might take some slates off the roof so that the the water can get in and and make the joists and the wood inside rotten, or they might kind of leave it derelict and, and people might come in and set fire to it either deliberately or accidentally. Right. And then there are pubs that are in decent condition, which the owners have just knocked down without having the planning permission to do that. There are examples like the Punch Bowl Inn in Lancashire and the Carlton Tavern in Maidavale in London. This was the moment the Carlton Tavern was destroyed. 8th April last month in Maidavale and developers brought in the bulldozers. They had no permission to demolish. In fact, the pub was about to be recommended for Grade 2 listed status as a significant 1920s building. That happened in 2015 and people who lived nearby started a campaign to get it rebuilt. And Westminster City Council actually ordered the developers to rebuild it brick by brick. Tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, so I think that the Carlton Tavern in London really set the sort of precedent for this. I don't think there'd been any cases before this where a a developer had been told to rebuild brick by brick. Brick by brick, brick by brick. And so they will. Campaigners and regulars of the Carlton Tavern were ecstatic tonight after the decision at City Hall to now order developers to rebuild their pub brick by brick. There's this definite precedent now where if a building is, you know, knocked down illegally, councils are kind of feeling empowered to say, you know, this isn't okay. The punch bowl, they've been told that they have to go through the rubble and essentially find as much material as they can that can be reused and and send that to the council. And then any other material that they need to kind of replace has to be approved to make sure that it's as accurate and as authentic to the original pub. So I think there's, you know, a real push to resurrect and bring back history when it's been knocked down as authentically as possible. And I think with the Carlton Tavern, you can see how how similar it is to, to the original that was knocked down. I mean, it looks almost identical. And I think you know, they did a really good job of bringing that back um, as it was. I came here, I didn't quite believe it was real. I thought if I touched it, it would turn out to be a hologram or something because it's been barriered off until now. We haven't been able to get this close. It's, and now I've been inside and it's, it's just amazing. It's wonderful. It was obviously incredibly laborious to rebuild the Carlton Tavern, but the mayor of the West Midlands, Andy Street, says that he wants that to happen with the Crooked House. Is that feasible, given how uniquely wonky this pub was? Yeah, so I think it is feasible. Um, I spoke to uh, the director of the Black Country Living Museum uh, last week, um, and that is a museum just down the road from where the Crooked House pub was. And and they essentially rebuild old buildings uh, to sort of create like a living museum. And they do that in two ways. They either literally uh, sort of move a building brick by brick from its original site to the Black Country Living Museum, or sometimes they'll sort of use old photographs and old architectural plans to, to recreate a building that has already been demolished. In this case, obviously, there is the rubble there. Um, I know there's been some controversy because some of the local people have been going and taking some of the bricks to take home as sort of souvenirs. But, you know, there's there's still a lot of material there that could probably be salvaged. In terms of obviously the sort of the wonkiness of it, the crooked nature of the pub, the Black Country Living Museum, actually, um, they created a, a wonky cottage um, 
on their site where they they built the foundation at an angle so that when they built the cottage on top, it sort of recreated that wonkiness. It was quite common in the Black Country historically for buildings to have been affected by mining subsidence in the area. But I think a lot of them were, were knocked down. I think, you know, the Crooked House is one of the few kind of surviving examples of that. It's somewhat anachronistic and it would be expensive to rebuild the Crooked House, particularly you know, weighing up the costs, if it wasn't that much of a successful business, would it be worthwhile doing? Yes, I think there's been a lot of conversation around this in the past week. There's been some people who've said, well, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. You know, if if you weren't going to the pub regularly, if you weren't giving it your custom, then how can you kind of complain that it's gone? But I, I, I sort of feel like that misses the point a little bit. You know, just because the pub business wasn't necessarily thriving doesn't mean that the building couldn't have been used for something else. And I think that's kind of the point of, that a lot of people have made. They think, you know, regardless of the state of the pub business, it obviously doesn't warrant losing the, the, the history of the building itself. I'd love to see it rebuilt and I really hope we can get it rebuilt. And I think that is the purpose of all of this activity is to get as much attention as we can. And it's not just about the pub. It's, I think people are sick of having our heritage knocked down, and, you know, and just losing parts of England that we just, or buildings in England that we just shouldn't lose. Coming up, what's to stop Britain losing more of its pubs? Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. Today in Focus is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash todayinfocus. Jess, I think part of the reason that people get so interested in this kind of story is because there 
is a general sense that we're losing our pubs and therefore losing community hubs across the country. What do campaigners say? And I'm thinking, you know, the campaign for real ale, very strong lobbying group. What do campaigners want in terms of better protections to make sure that we don't lose pubs across the country? Yeah, so so Camera have um, been really vocal about this in recent years. They did some research that found that um, a third of pubs that we've lost this year happened without the required planning permission. So they really want sort of tighter planning laws that would that would stop that. I mean, Camera were one of the campaign groups who helped successfully bringing that law in, in 2017 that essentially means that pubs in England can't be converted or demolished or sort of used for different purposes without planning permission. So prior to 2017, there was kind of even less um, regulation around this. But yeah, I mean, there's also the campaign for pubs. They want a law that would ensure that any pubs that are put up for sale, that local community groups or um, individuals who want to keep them as a pub get priority over developers who would want to come in and, and use them for a different purpose. Because I think, you know, especially in London, I think that's a huge issue because you know a site which has a pub on it can be sold for huge astronomical costs if you know it's sold as a as a potential housing development selling it as a pub alone will fetch a much much smaller price and i think there's a definite concern that especially in london that the rate that pubs are disappearing is is just huge i hope this never happens again and something is put in place by you know our politicians or MPs, councillors should look out for it. list buildings beforehand. I just don't know this to happen to any any other town or village ever again, really. What do you think this tells us about the place that pubs hold in British culture now? Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people, you know, especially with the Crooked House, there was the nostalgia of it. They'd been brought there since they were young. There was people who'd had wedding receptions there. For them, it was it was the memories. It was it was something from their childhood. But I think they still have a really huge presence in in society today as well. I mean, they're community hubs. They're places where people meet. They're especially in, in rural communities a huge thing for sort of combating loneliness and for a lot of people they are a huge lifeline for them. And I think that's kind of why there's been such an outpouring of heartbreak and upset because, as I said, the locals are really upset about losing their pub, but people across the country kind of are relating to it and and thinking about the loss of their local pub as well. Jess, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. That was Jessica Murray, The Guardian's Midlands correspondent. You can read her work at theguardian.com. I also want to recommend a new mini-series from our sister podcast, Science Weekly. It's called Killing the Sky Dancer, and it follows Phoebe Weston, who's a biodiversity reporter, as she investigates how a nest of hen harrier chicks were killed while they were being monitored on camera. It's a type of crime that is almost impossible to solve. And it tells us something about the conflict between conservation, sport and the rural economy. You can get the first two episodes now by searching Science Weekly wherever you found this podcast. And that's it for today. I'm Hannah, and this episode was produced by Eli Block and Tom Glasser. Sound design was by Rudy Zagadlo, and the executive producer was Huma Khalili. We'll be back tomorrow. This is The Guardian.
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.